Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing Why So Serious. What is the Matrix? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh, what's in the bar? Like scary movies. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? You talking to me? You talking to me? Movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic people, and welcome to the podcast, Mirror Reviews and 20 Qs. Barely holding back my excitement, guys, because I get to talk about a Marvel movie again. Oh, hella fucking luyah. And joining me to talk about a Marvel movie is, well, the ginger princess herself. It's Stacey. How are you, Stacey? I'm super excited to be here, Sam. Oh, that's amazing to hear, Stacey, given that you're sitting in a garage with your husband in the cold. He's got a broken toe. He's been moaning all week. You've been having to take care of me, you've been having to take care of your daughter, and you're still super excited. I can hear it in your voice. I can tell it's genuine. <laughs> yeah, it is. How you been? The listeners want to know where you've been. How you been? What have you been doing? I've been doing all that stuff you just talked about. I know. <laughs> Fuck. I gave away the plot of the story before I even got into it. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm excited. I was happy to go to the movies and see this movie in a cinema. Yeah, I can dig that. It's awesome to go back and see some just large-scale blockbuster entertainment. Obviously, we went to A Quiet Place too, which is I'd put mm-hmm. in that category. Mm-hmm. And obviously, despite asking you 72 fucking times, you never came and saw Fast and the Furious. Mm, surprising, isn't it? It's amazing because I never want to watch that movie again. Yet if you said to me, let's go watch it now, I'd be so fucking keen. (laughs) Because you like seeing me tortured. It's sick. (laughs) That's why I married you. The worst torture of them all. Anywho, guys, the film, as we mentioned, Black Widow, has just come out. Got a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, 67% on Metacritic. Has been released on Disney Plus and at the cinemas. Has grossed over $200 million on its first weekend, which is a little bit light for a typical Marvel movie. But hey, you know, it's the times we're living in and it set a COVID record. Do we need a plot? Do we need to give a plot? Yeah. It's sort of set after Civil War, but before Infinity War and Endgame and all those other films. So it picks up straight after Civil War and it sort of tells the story of what Black Widow got up to after Civil War. And it sort of goes back through her history. It explores where the Red Room came from. We get introduced to her fictitious family that she had when she lived in America, who is Yelena, Melina, and Alexi, mm-hmm. um, who are respectively played by Florence Pugh, Rachel Weiss, and David Harbour. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, people that listen to this podcast have probably already seen the film. So, you know, because we, we always say we're going to do spoilers and stuff like that. So, I mean, we don't really need to give the plot, do we? I think No. I think most people are going to watch this and then listen to this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and if you're wondering who else is joining us on this podcast, it's Machu. How are you, Machu? Exactly. That fucker <laughs> never showed up. But that's cool. That's cool. We get to do, you guys get a very special episode of a whole lot of Stacey. <laughs> yes, more room for me to talk. Exactly. So normally we do 10 questions that can be applied to any film, but when one of us is missing, we do 13 questions that can be applied to any film. Then go through three personal questions each before finishing on a listener question. Is that right? Have I got that right? That's yep. right. Maths is hard. Mm-hmm. And the one we always start with is the sandwich question. Yeah. Which can potentially be a compliment sandwich or a shit sandwich or a hyperbole sandwich. Mm. And you guys at home, you know how much I love Marvel films. But we'll see. We'll see. Stacey, why don't you let us off? What is going to be your sandwich? 
Okay, my sandwich is going to be a compliment sandwich. Really? See, I yes. had no idea whether you liked this film or not. It's... You didn't say much when you got home. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a light compliment sandwich. Like it's not like yeah, I'll get I'll tell you what my score is later. My first good thing is that I loved Elena. The introduction of her character as the sister of Natasha yep. was needed, absolutely 100% needed. This movie would have fallen apart without her. Absolutely. It would Agreed. have been boring as shit, like all around. Boring as shit. Yeah. Stacey catchphrase. <laughs> My bad thing is I thought there was too much action and fighting early in the movie. It was like... I went to the action movie and didn't like the action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't know. I thought it was too early and you didn't know who was who or what was going on or why they were even fighting. And I'll touch on it later, but it just distracted me and I thought, oh, fuck, who cares? You're clearly not supposed to care about these characters. I suppose for you, who isn't as in touch with the Marvel Universe as I am, mm. well, I instantly knew what was going on. Whereas yeah, exactly. for you, it's a bit of a cold drop, and it's sort of like, whoa, what the fuck? Who am I supposed to be rooting for here? Yeah, totally. So I didn't like that. And my final good thing is, it's like not a amazing good thing, but... Um, <laughs> this is the worst sandwich I've ever heard. <laughs> um, it's, there was just enough humour and heart in the story to keep me interested. Just enough. Like, if there was any Ooh. less, this would have been a shit sandwich. Holy shit. So your score mm. is? It's about 6,200. I'm surprised it got that high. I was waiting for the trademark Dan Brennick, it's fine compliment sandwich, which is between <laughs> 5,000 to, 5, to 6,000. Yeah, well, I just got bumped up a bit because Elena was so good. Yeah. How many different pronunciations of your name do you reckon we're going to give during this podcast? Oh. Is it Yelena, Yelena, Yelena? I, I think the movie gave us about seven. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it just depends <laughs> what mood you're in and what accent you're trying to do as to how you pronounce it. <laughs> True. On to me. Hyperbole sandwich. Here it doesn't come because I am giving this a compliment sandwich and that's about as far as I can go. Even though I love Marvel films and I love this movie because it's part of my big giant Marvel family and I have to love all of them equally. Some of them I love more than others. <laughs> and this is not one of them. First good thing, though, I loved the opening scene. I found it to be like a Bond film where it sort of dropped you into a quiet suburban life and then it just started slowly ratcheting up the tension, the tension, the tension, the tension, the tension, the tension. Holy fuck, what the fuck is happening? So you said you didn't like it. That was actually probably my favorite scene of the film. It was completely undone by when they started using that Nirvana cover straight afterwards for the credits like the credits were badass we got to see a lot of exposition of who Drakov was who these widows were how they had treatments done on them how the russians tried to replicate the super soldier serum we got to see all that but this song afterwards was shitty but that wasn't my bad thing what the fuck is my <laughs> so your compliment included a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> what am i doing here <laughs> well my real bad thing is that it felt too much like a mishmash in parts like it felt like it was trying to blend too many different genres and it wasn't really nailing one of them enough to have the other ones sort of be sort of superfluous to it. You know what I mean? Like well, like Captain America and the Winter Soldier one is probably my favorite Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. And it, at its heart, it's, it's like a political thriller, right? Like political mm -hmm. thriller action film, mm -hmm. which also blends like a little bit of like being a superhero movie and like a little bit of comedy and all that sort of stuff. But it nails its one genre perfectly. Whereas this, 
there just seemed to be too much mishmashed in there. And then when it has changes in tone to sort of start those other genres, it feels like a little bit too, I don't know, like obtuse, you know, like this sort of feel a little bit out of place. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and that kind of ties into my compliment as well, as when I mentioned there's those little comedic moments. It's like, they just, yeah, they're just jammed in there, but thank God they were. Oh, yeah, like, no. if, if they were trying to be pure to some other different genre, it wouldn't, it would have totally missed for me. And I suppose that's the good part, is that David Harbour and Florence Pugh. I'm totally on the Pugh train. Pew pew. Like, I'm totally on the Florence Pugh train at this point. Amazing. David Harbour as well. Amazing. Like those two gave really good performances and their comedy and the being the antithesis to Black Widow, you know, like, why do you do that hair flick? Why do you do that silly pose you do? That's not good for fighting. How you fight someone like that? Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like Florence actually called out a lot of criticisms that people probably had from other movies. I wish you'd mm. gone at her about the crazy head scissor thing that she does where she leaps through the air parts her legs go straight at the dude's face and then just flips him around man oh, yeah. th- i'm glad that we can talk about jumping up in the air and parting her legs and go straight at the face if much was here right now this would have degenerated into a whole different conversation exactly we've already had a whole scissor conversation um when we discussed um us us that's correct so i'm glad he's not here for that but it is like it would have been nice if they took the piss out of that a bit but at the same time yeah like it's it's a good film 7,347 out of 10,000. That's pretty low. It is for me, for a Marvel mm. film, but I'm, I'm going to be honest here. Like, I enjoyed it, but there was just there was just swaves of it where I was like, ah. Oh. Mm, yeah. Totally. Okay, then let's roll into question two, Sam. Yes. What character was the true MVP of the movie? And this question is a Patreon question and comes courtesy of our man, Dan Reddick of the Netflix and Swill podcast, a podcast that covers all things Netflix-related trailers breakdowns news movies i do they usually do a full movie breakdown i'm going to be on it later in the year i'm going to be on to discuss the witcher season two can't wait watch Wicked. out for that uh i mean yeah, florence Pugh. we're gonna have the same answer for this yeah we it? do yeah, yeah, later. Later. oh my god i've already mentioned without her this movie would be nothing she carries this film in so many ways mm-hmm. like you can tell in a lot of ways and this is kind of the mishmash thing as well is that they using her to set up the rest of the Marvel Universe going forward. She's going to be in the Hawkeye TV series. She's mm. probably going to get her own film. Spoiler at the end, that's Valentine, Val, I can't say her whole name, but that's Val who's basically setting up what's called the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers, which is a bunch of bad guys that are basically the opposite of the Avengers. So it's like a bunch mm. of evil characters being the Avengers. We've seen her try to recruit US Agent from Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series. So, But still. I don't, what am I talking about? Yeah, where did you see all the stuff? Like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about all the Marvel stuff that you haven't watched. Yeah. That you're sitting there blanking and staring at me going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, What has mm-hmm. this got to do with Black Widow? Oh, uh, no. Uh, she's in the end credits, which she didn't hang around for. Right. There you go. But anyway, yeah, it's Florence Pugh by Miles. It's definitely mm. Florence Pugh. Okay, question three, Sam. Yes, question number three. What is the biggest dick move of this film? Well, I thought that it was um, when Yelena and Natasha saw each other for the first time since they were kids and they had a massive scrap in the apartment. <laughs> it just was so unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. Unnecessarily so, unnecessary? Yeah, it was just <laughs> unnecessary. The funny part about it, and I'm glad you brought it up, was the fact that like Natasha was going to see Yelena and help her like she'd sent to her basically you know mm. those those the vials the, the vials and the photos and said hey i need your help mm. please come help me and she just showed up and they just start scrapping mm. why i think they were trying to show that they couldn't 
trust each other because of both of their backgrounds. They didn't know whether they could trust each other and they mm. hadn't seen each other for a very long time. However, it was just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one for me is, do you think they might have killed an entire prison population? <laughs> with the avalanche? With the avalanche of snow? Like, yeah. what, surely there was a better way to get him out of that prison than bringing an avalanche down on a prison building. Well, that was an accident. Yeah, it was an accident. But at the same <laughs> time, we saw all those prisoners running to mm. hide in the prison. Like, how long do you reckon they could have survived under all that snow? Not very long. No. No. But, hey, they're bad people. So... What, are the guards? Are the guards bad people? Mm. I've got a lot of respect for prison guards because that's a horrible job to be doing. Yeah, it is. Okay, I think we're derailing here. Yeah. I, I just feel like they could have got him out of that prison in a better way that didn't result in so much carnage. They were just really sloppy. Yeah. In that escape. It was partly because of him, though. It Makes was... me think she might not be the brains of the Avengers. What made you think she was? I don't know where I'm going with that. To be fair, Elena's been brainwashed for most of her entire life. And, True. She only knows and, killing. Yeah, and Natasha kind of grew up under the same regime. So, yeah, that it's not their forte, is it, to really think of plans and how to execute them. They, they just, just follow plans. They, yeah, they just yeah do yeah. the doing. Cool. Uh, question number four. What is it these days? What character is most likely to fall for a pyramid scheme? You've got a question on him later. His name is Mason, and he's a <laughs> former arms. He's a former military guy, I'm suspecting, who's also an arms dealer. And she just keeps coming at him and says, I need this, I need this, I need this. And he's like, you're going to pay me one of these days, aren't you? And she's like, no. And that's what a pyramid scheme is. <laughs> Hang on. He keeps giving shit away for free and getting nothing in return. Oh, okay. The only ones making money from this are the people above him. You know what I mean? He's having to sell all this products, but he's not, he's not getting any money for it. So, yeah, him. Poor old Mason. I think it's Elena. Really? Because we she, say so many nice things about her, but I know, but she's but she's optimistic and she wants to really understand and know what the world is like outside of her existence. Right. She knows there's more out there and I just feel that there's just a slight bit of gullibleness. Like she might want to go and start a whole new life and support herself and do something different, but doesn't really understand how some people operate. So you could see her moving to America and somebody going, hey, you yeah. can totally work from home and he earns yeah. six figures and stuff. And she's like, oh my yeah. God, what do I have to do? Oh, you have to sell this herbal tea yeah. that makes you skinny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. I could I kind of see it now. Yeah. <laughs> question number five, also a Patreon question, comes courtesy of our man, Julio of the Contrarians podcast, podcast that rages against the Rotten Tomatoes machine by discussing a film which is universally beloved or hated and arguing for the opposite before doing their real talk at the end. Go check them out. They've got a link down in the show notes. I want to get them back. They're coming back. We've already discussed it. They'll probably be our guests in August or September, depending on what we work out. Cool. Anyway, uh, Julio's question is, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? I don't find Natasha that engaging as a character. And that kind of sucks, doesn't it, when the whole entire movie is supposed to be about her? As a ginger princess, I know this must be incredibly tough for you to belittle a red-headed lead <laughs> of a film. It is. It's annoying. It bloody annoys me. Finally get a film where the redhead's the lead and there's not fucking Annie. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> yes. Were, were you incredibly offended at the end when she dyed her hair blonde? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sell out. That wasn't necessary. Ginger army. <laughs> oh, red army. There you go. She's left the red army because she's left the Soviets and become mm, a blondie. It was symbolic. Yeah. My most controversial opinion about this film, this is only going to be controversial to the hardcore comic book nerds that are out there right now screaming and moaning about how Taskmaster is played by a woman. Ooh. They are losing their shit. Uh-oh. Is it really that controversial when it's a tiny small percentage of the population doesn't like the fact that one of these characters has been, you know, ch- changed gender and that she's now a female? I don't, she's awesome. I, I'm like I yeah. loved Taskmaster as a villain. I loved the fact that we got, you know, her fighting like Barden. We got her fighting like Black Panther. We saw the knife drop and flip and switch, like we saw in Captain America and Winter Soldier. We saw all these fights. The shield pop up, like she, mm. like Captain America. Yeah. We see her studying these people and fighting like them. She does uh, um, the flip over the head, like uh, Romanov did in Captain America mm. and the Winter Soldier. So much in there that I was like, this is awesome. And relating it in a way because in the comics. Pretty sure he's he's not super powered, but his whole ability is that he can watch someone, he can mimic their powers, and so the the catchphrase for him is that you you might beat him once, but you'll never beat him twice because he knows how you fight. So next time you fight him, he's going to know exactly what you can do before you do it, and so he's always going to be able to beat you. Yeah, and that is like how do you introduce that as a superpower? Whereas in this, introducing it as like computer programming and you're know, analyzing and studying and all that sort of shit makes a fuck ton of sense. Yeah, it does. I know the purists out there probably hate it. You know, it's not honoring source material. I'm pretty sure the guys that created Taskmaster couldn't give a flying fuck about the fact. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Yeah, she like, she was awesome, and her character made so much sense in the story. She needed to be in the story. Yeah. Which often isn't the case for, like, those henchman-type roles. Yeah. Cool. And question number six? Is what character clearly needs to get laid? We could have the same answer for this. It's not Uh, character, it's characters. Oh. When Melina and Alexei sit down at the dinner table, (laughs) and he starts talking about how pretty she is, and I mean, of course, it's Rachel Weiss who seems to be getting prettier by the day. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, you know, I've just got out of prison. I need to do some stuff. And she's like, "Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. It's like clearly both of them. Yeah. I mean, if she, if she hadn't notified the Red Room, they would have been painting the town red on each other's bodies pretty quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> smile and laugh. Smile and creepy. laugh. Nod yeah. your head. Yeah, yeah I, for my answer, I, I went with Alexi for this one. I don't know. Do you think old um, Milena was into it as much as he was? He's been in prison for however many years. Yeah, I exactly. don't think anyone could be into it as much as he is. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, moves us over to question number seven. What was the most preposterously insane leap of logic in this film? Well, I think it's that Alexi didn't try and escape prison earlier because he's really strong and we saw how easy it was for him to get past those guards when yeah. he knew the girls were coming to pick him up. So why didn't he just bust out of there sooner? He's like a Russian super agent as well. Clearly he'd be working out like guard patterns when one goes on, when one goes off, where Mm. they store vehicles to get out of there. Like you would have thought he would have tried something. And wouldn't he have connections all over the place inside and outside of prison, which would help him get out? Yeah, he's like the biggest Soviet hero there. Yeah. And he would have easily made the entire prison his like... His bitch, basically. Like, no, yeah, he maybe, would have been the head of it. Maybe he liked it in there. That's, maybe that's why. 
he's like, this is awesome. I'm the man. It's like big fish in a small pond. So he's the opposite of prison Mike out of the office where he's like, prison is the best place ever. Yeah. Uh, I just answer my own answer. <laughs> you did. What about you, Sam? I find it, there's, there's two things that I find insane in this. I find it insane that after Black Widow stopped being Black Widow, she didn't try and hunt down other people and find the other widows and try and find her sister. She seems to have just forgotten about all of that and just moved on. Like, she thinks she's killed Dracoff and that's the end of it, right? Mm. But it's like the whole Hydra thing. It's like cut off one head and other grows. Like, surely he's going to have people mm. underneath him. There's mm. going to be other parts of the government that's funding this because he can't just be self-funding this, you mm. know, organization or whatever. There's got to be mm. other people. The other one I had thought of while, you know, like analyzing this organization is the fact that Melina is like their number one scientist who's developing mind control and she's using it on pigs. She manages to convince a pig to fucking stop breathing. breathing. Pretty big dick move, by the way. That was probably one of my other ones. Yeah. Um, But she's like their top scientist. but But yet they send her to America and say, hey, you go be housewife to this guy while he becomes the secret spy who infiltrates the organization, even though he's a bit of a dum-dum, he's just a muscle-bound idiot. Maybe he was bringing information back That's what I was thinking. I literally was just thinking that just as I was saying <laughs> it. And was I was like, God, I hope Stacey sees nothing. <laughs> oh, God, I hope she doesn't fucking pick up on this. I bet, believe it or not, I do listen. Yeah, he was stealing the information. <laughs> she was telling him what to look for. It makes a lot of sense now. Fucking damn it. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> question eight. What is it? Oh, Patreon question. Courtesy of our man, Dave Baker. Dave is his own Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a ton of awesome content you guys should go check out. Video essays, written essays on Medium, stuff like that. It's all good shit. Anyway. Dave would like to know, what two characters would you want with you at a house party? So we're both going to say Yelena, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fucking... She's just cool. It's hard not to turn this entire podcast into being a podcast about her. Yeah. About singing her praises. (laughs) And my other one, well... It's pretty obvious. We've got a friend who likes to get drunk and arm wrestle people, don't we? We do. Who's that? That would be Matthew. And what's the what happens when he arm wrestles people? He cheats. He does. He arm wrestles <laughs> you before you're set up. He tries to distract you. He'll kick you under the table. He'll do anything to basically fuck you over in the arm wrestling. So that's why I went with Alexi. We saw him arm wrestling <laughs> dudes in prison and breaking arms. I want to see Matthew get his shit handed to him. This is a man who currently is sitting here with a broken bone, talking about how he wants another <laughs> friend of his to have a broken, broken bone as well. just want a buddy. <laughs> yeah, I just want someone to hang out with. It's hard lying on your fucking back all day with your foot in the air watching movies over and over again. I've watched about 17 movies. Oh my goodness. Don't even talk to me. Anyway, what's your, who's your second person? Uh, Mason, because he's cool. You've got a thing for him, don't you? I do. He's really helpful and handy and funny. And oh, so this, that's why you want him at a party. This, you want the opposite of Sam. Yeah, and and pretty much the opposite of every other character in this movie. Yeah, there's not a lot. <laughs> not a lot of pickings. upbeat kind of comedic characters. No. Nah. Normally I would have said Rachel Weiss, but even she's just stone cold and... Yeah, nasty. Would, prob- would probably make me stop breathing. <laughs> and I'd be totally cool with it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Talking about bad things, that CGI pig was horrendous. Mm. Anyway, next question. What's something that you notice that you don't think other people might have immediately noticed? Well, I noticed something that Sam didn't notice. What? But I think that a lot of other people would have noticed it. A lot of Marvel nerds is what I'm hearing, <laughs> and I've missed something. <laughs> yeah. 
I recently watched on YouTube a video of Scarlett Johansson being asked questions by the media when she was doing interviews for, I don't know, one of the five million Avengers movies. I wish there was five million. (laughs) I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. She was questioned about um, her vest that just popped up. I think it was an endgame or something like that. She just started wearing a vest all of a sudden. And um, she basically kind of threw it back at the questioner going, would you even ask this question of the Hulk or Iron Man or, um, you know, any of the other male characters? Why does it matter what I'm wearing, basically? However, we get the origin story of the vest (laughs) in Black Widow. I think that's the entire purpose of this movie is to explain where Black Widow got her vest from. She got it from Yelena. Yeah, she did. (laughs) So you reckon ScarJo took massive exception to the fact she kept getting asked about this vest? Yeah. It's funny because when you mentioned it, she, you came home and said, oh, that was interesting about the vest. How ScarJo has been asked about that before. And I was like, what the hell is Stacey talking about? And I actually went back and did see that it is an, it is an end game, I think, that she's wearing a vest. Mm. Wearing a vest, it doesn't go and try and find a sister in six years. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did think it was a bit, it was a bit overkill. Like it was mentioned, mm. that vest was spoken about in every second scene. Well, it does have a lot of pockets. <laughs> Which They're very you, useful. Which you cannot put anything in, otherwise you look like a fisherman or like overweight. Which <laughs> Or an overweight fisherman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably ninety percent of our audience, Stacey. <laughs> well, I'm saying there's nothing wrong with looking like that, but not if you're Scar Joe. Correct. Yeah. How much Marvel trivia do you want? Do you want me to keep it to my top one? Because there's like a million Easter eggs yes, in this. Just, like, for instance, yeah. like Natasha and Alexei actually were married in the comics. Shit like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's, Weird. Uh, at one point, Yelena calls him the Crimson Dino. Crimson Dynamo was another Marvel supervillain that was actually Ivan Drank- Danko, who was the guy that helped Tony Stark build his suit in the first Iron Man movie who was the dad of Mickey Rourke's character, Whiplash. There was a lot of that. Stacey's tuned out. She's actually yeah, moved just away from the top one. Okay, so the top one is that when he is in the prison, he goes to arm wrestle a guy who's fucking huge. Yes, I know. that. And he refers that. to him as Ursa. Okay. Okay. In the comics, there's a Russian version of the Avengers called uh, the Winter Guard. Mm-hmm. And in it is a guy called Ursa Major whose mutant power is to transform into a giant bear and, like, fuck people up. Giant talking bear, basically. Mm, and so that was kind of a nod to that character. Because he even yeah. says you're big like a bear or something like that. Yeah. So it's quite quite cool. I thought that was quite neat. The other one I noticed is... Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> the other one is not related to Marvel trivia, is, and I found kind of insane and was kind of preposterous. Olga Koryolenko plays Taskmaster, right? We see her at the end that Olga Koryolenko, the actress, plays Taskmaster. Pissed yeah. me off they put her name in the credits at the start because as soon as I saw her name, I was like, I know who Taskmaster is now. Because it had been heavily speculated who Taskmaster oh, was going to be. It was and mysterious. It was mysterious and it was played out meant to be a man. You, I was thinking it was going to be a woman. I was calling it from fucking day zero. And when I saw her name in the credits, I thought, oh, okay. When she then turns out to be Dracov's daughter, Olga Korolenko is older than Scarlett Johansson. But yet Scarlett Johansson kills a girl who's, what, 12, 13? When she's like a 24 or 25-year-old? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway. But you know that actors don't have to always play characters who are the exact same age as them. What? Yeah. Bullshit. No, actors always play the characters that are the same age as. 
Let's anyway. move on to question number 10. Yes. Sam, what deep philosophical debate arose in you while you were watching this film? Here comes more Marvel nerd! Marvel nerd! Marvel nerd! So Alexei says that he fought Captain America in the 80s. In the 80s, early 80s, something like that. Mid-80s, whenever he started out, right? Okay. They made him a super soldier. Keeps saying that he fought Captain America. Mm-hmm. Hits up Black Widow and says, did Cap ever talk about me? Ever talk mm. about, you know, like, doesn't give a fuck about what she's been doing with her life or anything mm. like that. Did Captain America talk about me? We were kind of adversaries, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. We know Captain America was frozen in ice during all that time. Is he lying? Or did when Captain America went back in time in Endgame, went back to the oh. 50s, met up with Peggy, did he then become an undercover Captain America who did a whole bunch of secret missions that no one knows about, <laughs> except for people like Red Guardian, who's actually fought him. So he might have fought Captain America when Captain America was in his 70s, sort of maybe early 60s. Did, did he fight that Captain America? And are we going to see films where we see Captain America throughout the 60s and 70s and shit like that? But then he's got all that knowledge. He's just going to let Tony Stark's parents get killed because he knows that will create Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, is he going to have all these moral dilemmas where he can't interfere in his friends' lives? Because my Marvel nerdery is overflowing. I need to slow down. Yeah, I don't think they could actually ever make this movie. It would be like a Doctor Strange movie. What do you mean? Because all the different timelines and confusion. So we could see a film set in the 80s where he fights a digitally de-aged. I hope not. (laughs) That was the reaction I was hoping for. (laughs) What about you, Stacey? What do you got? Okay, so Natasha breaks her own nose on the desk. So yes. to to avoid being under the spell of Drakov's pheromones. I could not do that. Uh, that it would just be way too painful. So were you trying to debate whether you could save your own life? Whether you'd be able to break your nose to save your own life? Yeah, I don't think I could. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. But you don't know until you're in that situation what you'd actually do. But just looking at it, I'm like, ow, no. Anyway, that moves us over to our next question. Also, a Patreon question comes courtesy of our man Nick Haskins of Nikolai's Kitchen, who has a thing for hating on Marvel movies. So I don't know if you've seen this or not, but who knows? He probably enjoyed this. Anyway, his question is: What type of meal is this film? I'm gonna go with a pizza. Just what? Yeah, it's tasty. You can have lots of different toppings because, as we've discussed, it's a, all a bit of a mishmash. <laughs> this, you know, the genres and a few different things going on there. But it doesn't matter. It's still good. You've you stolen my thunder a little bit because I went with a burrito because you get a whole bunch of different <laughs> flavors in there. It's a bit of a mishmash. It's fairly dependable. You can't go Whoops. wrong with a burrito or a pizza. Like, it takes a lot of effort yeah. to make something shit. Yeah. Like, you, like you, and the same with Marvel movies. Like, it takes a lot of effort for them to fuck up one of these films now. Yeah. I've got a good cookie cutter formula that they run by yeah. that generally delivers. So, yeah. Anyway, what's our next question? What scene was sorely missing from this film, Sam? Black Widows kicking ass through the buildings. We saw the Black Widows jump Romanov. She put up a pretty good fight, but uh, eventually succumbed to the fact that there was, what, 40 or 50 of her trained just like her. Yep. We see the grenade, freeze them. They run off through the building, and then the next time we see them, they're in a like a helijet type thing. Yeah. Man, how awesome would it have been to see these girls running through the corridors just kicking the shit out of a bunch of no-name goons on the way to that heli-jet. <laughs> yeah. Just like one after the other, like swarming like fucking bees, just kicking the fuck out of everyone. That would have been absolutely amazing. That's what I wanted. 
It's the yeah. film I want. If there's a Black Widow too, and there's Yelena <laughs> and a group of Black Widows swarming around, oh, fuck yeah. What I needed is I needed a more um, Avenger. I need an Avenger cameo of some sort to, <laughs> in order to tie this film into where it should be. I had no fucking idea what part of the timeline this was supposed to all be happening in. Yes, they talked about Hulk and Black Widow being missing and stuff. I can't remember when that happened. If you're not doing a movie in chronological order and releasing it in the order it should be, you need to, like, give us a bit more and say, just I just needed some more tie-in. So General Thunderbolt Ross wasn't enough for you? What? Who? <laughs> no. It was not enough. It was not enough. <laughs> there wasn't enough for you to go, oh, it's uh, it's after Civil War, but before Infinity War. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't know. I don't know when. Yeah, so that totally lost me. It kind of didn't matter, but it kind of did if you wanted to know what was happening at the start and end of the film. Yeah. <laughs> if but the middle was fine, you don't need to know shit. You can just watch the middle. You pretty much needed... <laughs> Like Luis showing up from Ant-Man and going, yo, previously on Avengers, and then giving it like a little rundown so that you're like, ah, so that's where we are. (laughs) Or maybe I've got too much expectation that you... That I know everything you know. Yeah, exactly. From me watching these films a hundred times and you sitting there playing on your phone that you maybe osmosed some of the timeline into your body. But But hey, the reason I bring this up is because most Marvel movies you can watch standalone. You don't need to really understand where they fit in the timeline. But this one you really do because otherwise it makes no sense. Yeah, you're right. Like Like aside from maybe the sequels for some of the other films... Mm. This felt, this really did feel like a sequel while not being a standalone film, yeah. Final question that can be applied to any film is our Patreon question as well. It comes courtesy of our man, Chris Eni. Fuck you, the man, Chris. And his question that you guys all know and love is one that we've sort of bastardized a little bit. But what song would you have inserted into this film and where? And usually we try to go as on the nose as possible, don't we, Stace? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we retire the songs. So there's a few songs that have been retired. Okay, yeah, I've got I've got a non-retired song. In your scene that you mentioned, where yep. the Black Widows are freed and they are running out of the building, like kicking ass and stuff, yeah. now that they're not under mind control, I've got a song for that scene that's not even in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? There's the Stacey Hunter! And it's Single Ladies by Beyonce. Oh my! <laughs> yes, that's retired. Or, Beyonce, single ladies, is now off the table. Who, who runs the world? Girls. Yeah. Yeah, that's better. That's better. That's better. Not single. What the, about you? The scene I would have had is them at the start, where they're just like hanging out in America in the nineties. What was the most popular music in the mid nineties? It was like pop, it was like punk Nirvana, and, smells like Teen Spirit. Nirvana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring up that shit. Oh, yeah. that was so... I, I hate it. I hate how trailers do these, like, slow... Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we don't need another rant on that. Anyway, uh, the one I would have gone with is the Muffs cover of, I think it's Kim Wilde, We're the Kids in America. Whoa, oh, yeah. We're the Kids in America. That would have been funny. Yeah. That would have been funny to see the little girls being kids in America. Bit more lighthearted. Bit more lighthearted. She was looking pretty punky with her blue hair, so... Yeah. Makes sense. Totally does. And that moves us over to our personal questions. Uh, who's up first? Me. You. Me. 
Cool. Okay. So we mentioned how Taskmaster tracks her down and finds her with the vials in Norway. What, how did she find them? And why did it take her so long? So there we go. Two okay. questions in one. I've got no idea the answer to this is. But <laughs> my theory is that she wasn't following the vials. She was hunting Black Widow because Drakov – no, listen to me. Because Drakov didn't want any of these weird rogue runaway people who tried to kill him running around. <laughs> so, yeah. so she's going after Black Widow. But then when she was fighting her and she saw the vials, she's like, oh, actually, that's better because we need to get that stuff out of circulation. So Drakov right. was probably monitoring her because there is that point where she ditches her and yeah. like what I says, oh, she's not actually after me. She's yeah, after exactly. The but what I'm saying is that Taskmaster, the reason it took so long is because she, they, she was hunting for Black Widow and it just took that long to find her. And then like you, and like when she noticed the vials, that's when she said, oh, okay, screw Black Widow. The vials actually the more important thing out of these two things for us to capture. Interesting. Hmm. My original thought was it starts off in Morocco, and I've been to Morocco, and I feel like if Taskmaster had been deployed to Morocco, she might have come down with an upset belly that maybe would have stopped her from going anywhere for a while. (laughs) I'm not saying that that necessarily happened to me when I was in Morocco, (laughs) but But, yeah. But it can happen. But it can happen. Mm. (laughs) Okay. It definitely can happen. That's why she was delayed. Sure. That makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, so my next question was, well, when Machu was going to be here, I knew he was going to have some sort of fucking off-the-wall answer to this. Stacey probably has as well, but let's see what happens. What would you immediately do if you started emitting pheromones like Drakoff does at the end that mean that people can't hurt you, that there's no way for them to physically attack you or assault you? What would be the first thing that you'd go out and start doing? Well, this question isn't for me because I just (laughs) wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't. like. What's the point? What are you going to tease people and try and make them hurt you by what attacking other people? Or it just makes zero sense. There's nothing I would do differently. Stacy, this is not the superpower for me. You've missed your chance to win an Olympic gold medal in Taekwondo. <laughs> like the Olympics are really soon. <laughs> Come on, you could win gold medal for New Zealand. You'd be the best Taekwondo champion of the fucking world. No one would ever lay a hit on you. Okay, right. So sport or crime is really the only two areas where this would violent You're probably more crime, actually. I know you're like playing it up for the podcast, but you totally try and rob a bank or something. Just because someone can't physically hurt you, it doesn't mean they can't reprimand you in other ways. The law still exists. You just wear a mask. Everyone's wearing masks. It makes yeah, no difference. Yeah, I know, but like you could just wear a mask and rub a bank. They wouldn't be able to catch you. They wouldn't be able to hurt you. So you could just like punch through people on the way out of there. Wouldn't be able to attack you. Stop you anything. You it could do- live like kings. It doesn't make you s- super strong. I still couldn't punch people. Yeah, you could. It would just be very weak. But at the same time, like the cops wouldn't be able to tackle you and restrain you. You'd be able to just walk out of there, and they'd just be. Could they still taser you? No, they can't hurt you. So they'd just be. You know, mm. it would be the slowest getaway. <laughs> They'll be chasing you for days. Here she is doing 90, 90, which is like about 60 miles per hour on the freeway, just fucking cruising. 
We've been following her. She stopped to get gas. Couldn't attack her there. She's still going. It'd be amazing. Mm. Okay, my final question. Which Russian accent from these actors and actresses was the dodgiest? It was Scarjo. She didn't do one. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. She was what? just so flip floppy. She did in some parts when she was talking to Elena and stuff like that when they first met. Like she'd slip back into it occasionally. Oh, and when she was kind of trying to talk Russian. and yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And it just sounded a bit odd. That was probably the other most preposterously insane thing is that they'd speak English to each other. Like, of course, they're doing it for the movie, but, you know, like, you're a native Russian speaker and there's four of you sitting around talking in English. Yeah. I was convinced it was going to be one of the RWs because both of the RWs were pretty bad. Like, Rachel Weiss's was pretty bad. Yeah. Which is quite surprising for an actress of her stature to the point that I'd probably say she's the worst because Ray Winston, what, <laughs> what the fuck were they expecting? From a guy who's the most cockney of men, you know, like, he's fucking right in it. I'm Ray Winston. He's just got, he's got like a proper accent that you recognize mm. from like miles away. It's like if Seth Rogen started doing a Russian accent, and you'd be like, mm-hmm, okay. Yeah. It, it probably is a very hard accent. And probably to our English speaking ears, we don't even know what we're listening for. We, you know, like, yeah. we don't even know what is proper Russian accent, really. So we're not really, we can't really answer this question. We can't judge. <laughs> uh, okay, Stacey, your questions. What do you got there, babe? Okay. What character in this film would have been better replaced by a talking dog? Listeners, for those playing at home, I didn't know what this question was going to be. She just said, I've got a question for this question, and I should have guessed it was going to be Stacey's favorite question. So I'm going to have to finger on this one. I'm going Drakov. Imagine Ray Winston. <laughs> playing a talking dog and he's the head of the Black Widows. <laughs> that would be cool. You could have him like, <laughs> like the Hulk or something where he's like a sort of transformed person, you know? Like mm, like a really big like dog, like a Doberman or something. Yeah, his, his, his name's Black Dog and he's head of the Black Widows. Oh my God, this is shit. Yeah, okay. All right, that's enough. This is um, why I don't write movies. <laughs> well, not movies with talking dogs in them. <laughs> Um, so her mate Mason, we've already talked about, how did he get into that line of work of sourcing odd materials? When I read this, <laughs> when you sent me this today, I was like, how did this guy get his job? I'm like, what the fuck? What are you trying to get this job? Are you trying to, is no. this like a line of work you want uh, to get no. into? Supplying weapons to Avengers? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm like, he just turns up in the middle of nowhere in Norway and with supplies for Natasha. And um, he's got an English accent, so you're like he's come all the way from London or something. I don't know. It's like just pop over to middle of nowhere Norway, set up a caravan and a generator. Next day, turn up with a helicopter. What? You know, like <laughs> who lives that life? Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Globe trotting and selling. It sounds the, like the just... worst job ever. Like the lengths. Oh, I don't know. The I think some jobs that are worse. Yeah, the lengths you would have to go to, to, and the contacts that you'd have to have to be able to source all these weird and wonderful things at the drop of a hat. And you're a super spy, yet you don't realise you've been friend zoned. <laughs> is he a super spy? Well, I'm guessing so. I'm guessing. I mean, my my first answer is that when a man loves a gun very much, they take their clothes off. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. Next question. <laughs> but no, he's clearly like former military who's got into military contracting and then he's now like a, 
a black market arms dealer, I guess is the best way to describe it, who, you know, shit goes missing all the time. Totally. Yeah. Totally logical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally logical. Thanks, Stacey. Okay. Thanks. Given that I've got no clue what the chronological order of this movie really should be, it's clearly not set in the right time. Is this movie five years too late? It's funny you've said five years, because five years ago was 2016, which is when Civil War came out. So a film <laughs> that would have came straight after Civil War, that set straight after Civil War, probably would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, would have. To me, honestly, I believe this movie is actually eight years too late. Mm. Because eight years ago, Scarlett Johansson did the film Lucy. Mm. And that was right around the time that everyone was saying, when are we going to get a Black Widow movie? Mm. And that would have been perfect time to actually set up some of these characters have them floating in and out of the MCU, you know, like actually meshing them a lot better than this. Whereas this, like I said, it feels forced. And at the same time, like, yeah, was kind of meant to be set, what, five, six years ago. And that we've never seen any of these characters mentioned, brought into Infinity War, Endgame and all that sort of stuff. They've never been brought up. We never see them fighting yeah. Thanos at the end or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, you watch 50 years time, they're going to digitally place Florence Pugh into the fight with Thanos. <laughs> I'm telling you now. You think someone's going to bother it. about that? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. Some nerd. <laughs> Me. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, that moves us down to our final question, which is one that I threw out there to you guys, our dear listeners, to answer for us. We've got some great answers, but before we get to them, we're going to give our own. What female Marvel character should also get her own solo film? So, and I'm just going to point out, it doesn't have to be an MCU character. Throwing it out there a little bit far and wide, so it can be, uh, you know, someone from the Spider-Man universe. It can be one of the X-Men universe, Fantastic Four universe, something like that. Like, I've thrown it out there. What have you got? I am so, so eager to know this, because I've got no idea what the fuck you're going to say. It's <laughs> really? probably going to be like Kat Dennings' character or some really? shit. You know, Darcy out of uh, WandaVision. Oh. No. <laughs> Squirrel Girl. You're going to, like, flummox me by knowing who the hell Squirrel Girl is. Here no, it comes. no. I'm going to pick a character that I think that our daughter would really like. She's... <laughs> um, what? So she's this young, cool chick who needs a equally cool female It's the first time I've superhero. seen someone refer to her daughter as a young, cool chick. <laughs> And it was her mum. My mum yeah. thinks I'm cool. <laughs> oh, shut up. And I think that is Spider Gwen. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect for her. They've got the same haircut. They do. Fuck. Well done. <laughs> Blow me away on this one, Stacey. Well, I did like Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I shit, did. that's right. And I was like, how do you even know who this is? I mean, aside from all the Marvel toys they keep buying for our daughter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spoiler alert, I think she is getting a, um, something for her birthday that has Spider-Gwen featured in it. Yes. In Lego format. Of course. Yeah, that's right. You bought that today. <laughs> Shit. There you go. Learn something new. What's yours? You know what the funny part is, Stacey? I've got a million answers to this, but at the same time, I have none. Mm. Because Too hard to pick. Too hard to pick. And at the same time, a lot of our listeners gave a lot of my answers. Mm. In fact, one of them gave me about seven answers, which I would love to see. Yeah. So it's, it's hard for me to pick. At the same time, probably Storm. Storm from the X-Men is like a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. She actually ends up being uh, Black Panther's wife. You know, they, they become a couple. So, mm. you know, obviously, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman, probably too late to introduce that unless they recast Black Panther. But she starts off as this like young sort of orphan girl that is a pickpocket on the streets of Cairo. And then she goes from that to being this weather goddess who's hailed as like 
a god, like how they, how they hail force sort of thing. So she has this massive character arc, mm. which they've kind of jammed into X-Men Apocalypse, but never really fully explored. I'd love to see an awesome Storm movie. Mm. That would that'd probably be it. It sounds really cool. Yeah. What do the listeners have to say, Sam? Well, wouldn't you like to know? I do. That's why I asked. I threw it out there on Twitter first. And so some of our Patreons already replied to me on Twitter, but one of our other Patreons got back to me as well. So he gets to go first. And that is our man, Tom Green. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? And he said, not sure if officially a female character, but Miss Minutes, the cartoon clock from the TVA out of the Loki series. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bet she gets up to all sorts in those drawers of hers. You could go kid-friendly style movie, kind of like Inside Out, or I could totally sense some slasher comedy vibes too. Wow, that is really creative. Yeah, it is really creative. Voice by Tara Strong, who's like an incredibly well-known um, voice actress who's done tons of stuff. Follows me on Twitter, uh, humble break. <laughs> <laughs> Over to our Twitter page. And first off, our good mate Gillian Ashton said, all I'm going to say is I want to see a grown-up hit girl. Hit girl from the film Kick-Ass. Don't think Kick-Ass is a Marvel movie, but Gillian, I'm going to allow it. Brad from the cinema guys to set a Koye, you know, out of Black Panther. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. Movie Date Night said, always Agent Carter. I know we got a show, but it was too short-lived. Yeah, I wish there were some more seasons of that. Well, maybe we can see Agent Carter, and it's her and Steve battling mm. uh, Alexei Shostakov <laughs> in, in the, the 80s. <laughs> I can see it. I can totally see it. Emily Higgins just screamed, Pepper Potts, Pepper Potts, Pepper Potts. Oh my goodness. Our good man Chris Yeni said, a thousand percent squirrel girl. Fuck yeah, Chris. <laughs> Felicia Hardy would be awesome as a standalone and way better than another female cat. So she's Black Cat in the Spider Man universe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. M from Verbal Diorama, here they all go. Said, oh my god, so many. I'm still pissed at the version of Rogue we got in Fox's X Men series. Definitely her. Also, Storm, Angie Grey, Emma Frost. Psylocke, and I know we had a TV show, but give me more Peggy Carter, also Valkyrie, and Halla. <laughs> you see? Wow. It's like, there, come there on, are, Em, leave some for the rest of us. There are so many. She also said, can we add uh, X23? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. add her to the list. So thanks, Em. Thanks for taking everyone's answers. I agree with all of those, of course, but uh, you, you, you voiced it for me, Em. I was how mean, but you, you're doing, doing an awesome job there. Uh, Dan from Netflix and Swirl said Kamala Khan. She's getting a TV mm-hmm. series. She's, are you pretending like you know who that is? That's yes, you've told me about it. Oh, I have, actually. Kids, what are we watching tonight? Said Agent Maria Hill. You know, Colby Smulders? Like Nick Fury's offsider? Okay. As Nick Fury's number two, she must have seen a lot of what S.H.I.E.L.D. gets up to, and I yep. doubt she got to where she was, where she was by sitting on the sidelines. Mmm, good point. Weirdar Ma said, motherfucking Shuri because she's smarter and funnier than Iron Man. On top of the character being awesome, Letitia Wright was a goddamn gem in Black Panther. I totally agree. I love that answer. Yeah. Steve from Everything I Learned from Movies said, Rogue from the X-Men. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, completely agree. Rogue is awesome. Tyra Maholic probably has the best answer. Valkyrie, directed by Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. That's the yep. movie you want to see. Yeah. Uh, Duty from Shaken Not Nerd said, Black Cat. Again, that's Felicia mm-hmm. Hardy. And then Colby Mack said Black Cat. So mm-hmm. Picking up a bit of... Looks like Black Cat's going to be the winner. here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spyhard's podcast said Gamora Nebula. And I said, not going to lie, they were my two front runners. The story leading up to the intro and Guardians of the Galaxy could be absolutely harrowing. And they replied, all the story of what happened to them post-Endgame. Road trip movie about sibling bonding across the MCU. Sign me up. <laughs> 
Would have been sick. Sure. Last couple from Twitter. TV Keeler said Agent Carter. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Completely agree. Now, good mate Julio from The Contrarian said reboot Jessica Jones. Yep. Yep, that's what you got? Yep. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I just want her introduced. I want Kristen Ritter to come back. Yeah. And our final one came courtesy of our mate Dave from Super Movie Bros, who said Shuri for sure, but Black Panther 2 seems like that might be her solo adventure. It'd be fun to see an odd couple together like Valkyrie and Pepper Potts slash Rescue or Valkyrie and Gamora. That would be quite cool as well. Mm, that would be really interesting. Cheers, Dave. You're the man. Thank you, everyone, for getting back to us. It means a lot when you guys answer our question and we get to read them out. Yeah, we love it. I think M from Fubal Diorama is the winner by <laughs> simply inundating us with enough Yeah, and stroking my ego of wanting to see every Marvel movie ever mm-hmm. about everyone. Give me, give me a million. I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't give a fuck. Mm. Uh, anyway, that takes us to the end. Thank you, Stacey, so much for joining me. And you've done more than enough to cover for the lack of much on this episode. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, he he has his own certain style. But, um, yeah, I loved being here and watching the movie. It was pretty cool. I love how he said style and not charm. That's the best way to describe <laughs> Machu. It definitely has his own style, not necessarily charm. <laughs> Anyway, guys, upcoming episodes, Liz is coming back to do Jaws. We figured it's the blockbuster mm. season in America. It's a blockbuster we haven't done. Liz has never seen it, so fuck it. Wow. Might as well give that a try. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to have a listener question come out on that soon, which will be what horror film did you watch at way too younger age? Because I saw that when I was six and then didn't or swim. Or what horror movie did you watch at way too later age? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. After that, we will have an episode on Space Jam. Me, Dory, and Machu are going to see that. I'm not subjecting Stacey to it. I know she'd hate that film. Yeah. And then after that, our good mate Paul from the Countdown Podcast and Gidget from Retro Cinema Podcast is coming in to do Escape from New York, which is turning 40. And we've been talking about doing it on Gidget's show for a long time. Haven't done it. Finally going to do it. Wow, that's exciting. Anything you want to say to the listeners before we leave? Yes, thank you so much, Patreons. You have kept the lights on today. We actually have them on. A light, one single bulb, (laughs) blazing away in our garage. Anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In or Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20Qs or the same on Instagram or send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can join us on patreon.com forward slash mritqs, I think. I don't know. There's a link down in the show notes where you can go over there. Flick us a dollar and you'll get access to other episodes, other uh, Patreon-requested episodes that we put out. We typically go a little bit more off the wall on those episodes. So, yeah, they're good fun. But anyway, that's thanks from me. Thanks. Bye.